praise is near unto me, O Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here on this morning. We, uh, Scripture, you know, anything that you're supposed to do for the Lord, you're supposed to do for each other. One of the things that he says is to wait on the Lord. And so uh, there are times in services where, where, uh, where um, we reach, depending on where you've been at through that particular week, you reach cert certain destinations in the spirit. And some of us get there quicker than others. Uh, uh, some of us, you know, when I was, when I was standing there praying, I was realizing that one of the things that the Lord is doing, he desires to do this at every church. But one of the things that he does with this church is when people first become a part of this church. How many know that when a building, how many know when a building has been, there's some things the Holy Ghost will drop on you and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, now hold on. How many know when a building has been condemned, before you can build a new building, you have to tear that building down. I was slow to say that. I was like, whoa, that's, that came a little too fast. And so, so most people that come to this church have been condemned by the devil, have been condemned by preachers, other Christians, by their parents, by side. So most people that come to this church um, have a lot of condemnation. And so um, because of the condemnation that you carry, God has to destroy you first and then rebuild you. And so at times you will see, uh, um, and it happens in stages, because um, God does it based on when you're ready. So you, you know, you see that all the time where people have experiences on their own, and and uh, you'll see people just fall out sometimes. You sometimes the Lord, sometimes the Lord will put a person on the floor and He'll do an operation on them. You can't see this, but He's He, he does the operation, and um, and so, but He had, and the thing is, is that He has to bring to a. He has to bring the person to a place of spiritual anesthesia first so that they can handle what he wants to do and so it won't be overly painful because how I many you know in order to remove something out of your body it can be painful and so uh so you know you see that more and more um it's a huge weight on this ministry y'all just please pray for me because you know i can see it the enemy is uh trying to put pressure on me not that it's breaking me or anything but i can feel it I mean, yesterday something happened so weird. I told Jay that my feelings for the entire service were off. I haven't experienced that in a long time. It's been in phases, but never have I been in an entire service where I couldn't feel nothing. I mean, it was deep. I mean, the prayer, I didn't feel nothing. The worship, I didn't feel nothing. Lisa brought me and Devon up, prophesied over us. I didn't feel nothing. She didn't told us to prophesy over all of the men. I didn't feel nothing. I'm preaching. I didn't feel nothing. You know, I mean, know the Bible says we walk by faith, not by feelings. Yeah. That's an example about how your, your feelings are not an accurate judgment. So it's funny because I'm listening to all of the people around me hollering and screaming and going in and I'm just, and I'm doing it by faith and I can't feel nothing. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, it's just that those, those things happen. So uh, it is what it is. So, you know, so just remember that, you know, so there are times when, you know, certain things will happen, nothing is out of order, it's just that the Lord expects us to wait while he ministers to an individual. And so, uh, you know, it ain't, it's not about how I many, it's not about our program. It's about the Lord's program. God always has a will. Of, it's a perfect will for your day. There's a perfect will for your week, a perfect will for your month, a perfect will for your year. You also find that there's a perfect will of God for five-year stages, perfect will of God for 10-year stages, and a perfect will of God for a 40-year stage. That's why 40 is the number of probation. And that's why, that's why uh, God 
the desire of the Lord is for you to, now he doesn't want you to make one mistake, but how many know we're going to make tons of mistakes? But he wants you to get all of that out your system so that when you turn age 40, you then get a do-over. And that's why when you study the Bible, you always see that a king was in, you know, not always, but you'll see that Joshua was in the palace for 40 years. Then he was in the wilderness for 40 years. Then he spent another 40 years trying to get the people into prosperity. You see, Joshua took over, you know, um, and he was um, in charge for 40 years. You see kings that were in position for 40 years. It's because 40 is the number of probation. That's why most men who become millionaires don't become millionaires until after the age of 40 because he needs us to get our stupidity out of our mind. In the first 40 years, I mean, you know, when you're young and dumb, you know, you, you, you buy a car that costs, you know, more than your house. Okay, and, and, and you know, never mind. You know, you see some, you see some of these guys with these great big old fancy rims. And I'm like, dude, I bet you them rims cost more than everything that you own all put together. See, you do that when you're, when you're young. You know, I gotta find this picture of me. I was standing in front of, you know, I had a Renault Alliance GTA with a kid on it. How you know, when you're 18, you actually think you're sweet. I took it, and somebody has somebody, I can't remember who took this picture. I'm standing in front of this bright red sports car that I think can keep up with a Corvette, and I got on a full-length brown leather coat with some sunglasses on, looking like a broke Kumo D. <laughs> Thought I was killing it. You do stuff like that when you're 18. <laughs> so the point that I'm making is, is that the Lord is a probationary period. And so, so there's a will of God. And so, you know, back to the original point that I'm making is that the Lord is always doing surgery on you. Um, he just doesn't tell you that. Sometimes he does surgery on you and you don't know it. Sometimes he does surgery on you and one of the ways you can tell is that you'll just start crying and you don't even know why you were crying. You know, any of you just kind of walked into a church and you, and you just start crying, didn't even know why, because the Lord was doing surgery on you and you didn't even know that. And sometimes he won't tell you what he removed because it will scare you. Okay, so, you know, how many know we're learning as we go, keep on going, keep on going. So just remember that the same way that, you know, the Bible talks about you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, in the same way you have regular temples. And if that building has been condemned, it cannot be used until you destroy it and rebuild it. And so in the same way that there, a lot of us carry a lot of condemnation, we carry a lot of things based on what we've been a part of and mistakes, words, all that type of stuff. And so God wants to use you, but he can't because in that area you're condemned. So he has to destroy you and recreate you so that he can use you to a great degree. Okay. So amen, amen. So, you know, so, so as a result of that, don't fight the chastisement. You know, Bible says God only chastises those that he loves. And so, uh, so that's deep because and the Bible says that if you are without chastisement, is because you are a fatherless child. And so, so, you know, so, you know, some of you have been trained to not receive chastisement, but if the Lord is rebuking you and whether he rebukes you, you know, whether you're watching a television preacher or you're here or another Christian or your children rebuke you or somebody else rebukes you, you know, don't look at the messenger. Always look at the message. Always look at, is it true? Not who brought it. You know, your five-year kid, five-year kid tell you something and you know, well, you ain't cleaned your room. That has nothing to do with what he just told you. Sorry. <laughs> Thought I saw Lucifer for a second. <laughs> Seriously. 
It wasn't him, no, it wasn't him. False alarm, false alarm. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, like I told them yesterday, um, this teaching is going to be simple, deep, blow your mind, scary, convicting. Everybody will be convicted. I've been just walking in perpetual conviction every single day. Um, remember this, Con uh, um, the devil uses condemnation and God uses conviction. Condemnation is, what the devil says is, because of what you did or because of how long you've been doing it or because of how big it was, God won't forgive you. You can't move forward and he won't give you another chance. That's condemnation. Um, uh, conviction, condemnation is used by the devil. Conviction is used by the Holy Spirit. Conviction is we have called you to be a king and a queen in this planet and in eternity. And conviction is stop doing what you're doing so that we can bless you further. Condemnation says because of what you did, you will never be blessed. Because of what you did, how big it was. How I many you know just because something is big in the eyes of man don't mean it's big in the eyes of God? Okay. So, so because of how big it is, because of how, watch this, because of how many people you hurt. Okay, then, then, then God will never bless me again. I, that's one of the things that I have been blown away at is that people who have done other people wrong, but actually repented, asked God to forgive them, and then God blessed them in the future as though they had never done a person wrong. That's what it means by when God will forgive you and what? Cleanse you from how much? All unrighteousness. If he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, then what you hold on to, God doesn't hold on to. What your parents hold on to, he doesn't hold on to. What your preachers hold on to, he doesn't hold on to. What the other Christians and everybody else on your job, y'all get my point. I'm glad that God doesn't hold on to stuff the way other people do. But let me tell you something, though, is that if you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, eventually the Holy Spirit will start pulling back. You start pulling back. And it's not because they are trying to not bless you. It's just that, okay, we got to pull back a little bit because it's obvious that you just want to keep doing this. So, uh, but I told them yesterday, there's this scripture. I can't remember what it is. Don't try to tell me right now. That's irrelevant. It's in the Old Testament. And it's the whole chapter is, is, is God talking about how crazy and wicked his people were. And he talked about how they did this and they did this and they were rebellious and they were wicked. And this is what always said at the end of every phrase. It says, but the Lord still stood there with his hands stretched out still. And then it goes to the next phase. And they kept doing this and they kept doing that and they kept doing this. And, they kept, and then they took the evil to another level. That's literally what it says. It says, but the Lord still stood there with his hands stretched out still. Okay. So when God says he will never leave you and never forsake you. It, 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 this is kind of what it means. Doesn't mean it, it kind of means that you and the Lord are on a journey. I didn't get my message. You and the Lord are on a journey together, and it's supposed to be a particular path. And so what happens is is that is that um, this is deep. Lord is just talking to me. I'm messing up my message here, but that's all right. How many y'all better just flow? So so what happens is you and you and the Lord are walking down the path together. Because we're supposed to be walking side by side so that he can talk to you. You do this together. And then you just see something shiny over there and you go over there. When you go over there, part of the list is going to sound strange. I'm going to just repeat this. It's like the Lord stays here to wait for you to come back. But he goes with you to protect you um, while you're in your foolishness until you come back. And so, you know, it's, it's just you know, the ways of the spirit are very, very just beyond intellect. So then now, now they're not going to now watch this. They're not going to help you prosper on the wrong road, but they will be with you on the wrong road. So that when you come to the conclusion that you're on the wrong road, he will be there to talk to you to show you how to get back on the right road. 
So when he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, it doesn't mean he's going to support your foolishness. It means then that while you're on the wrong road, I recognize you're on the wrong road, and I'm going to talk to you while you're on the wrong road. Okay? I'm not going to, and watch this, and then I might even bless you on the wrong road because the goodness of God is what causes men to change. So if I bless you on the wrong road, when you recognize you on the wrong road and recognize that I blessed you on the wrong road, then it'll help you understand that the blessings will be bigger if you get on the right road. Y'all got that? Okay, so I don't, I don't even know where that came. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know what I can't stand? Is I'll be getting ready to go into the message, and then the Holy Spirit says, shut up, I got something I got to say. And so, you know, and you think it's you, and then when he stops talking, you're like, you know, he's like, I'm done. You know, how, you know, how many know the Holy Spirit doesn't, you know, you know, when we're done, we're like, you know, Mozart, play a little something soft as we segue. And all the bitches just say what he got to say, and then he walk off, bam. You know, but that's good. You know, and that's called, you know, it's called prophetic preaching by which you have your notes. As a minister, you should prepare your notes. But, but the notes are, and sometimes it's the Holy Spirit giving you the whole message. But then um, when the Lord gives you the notes, it was in a different environment. This is now we're in a real environment. How I many know there's a difference between theory and actual? There's a lot of truth when it comes to the theory, but a lot of that changes when you actually do what you thought of. So in the same way, when I'm preparing in private, it's not theory, but it's still truth, but it, it takes upon, it becomes more alive in an environment where the people are really here. And the Lord wants to answer questions because he's a question answering God, so. All right, who Jesus, this stuff flying out. This is when God. So brace yourself with this. So let's just read this before I, Colossians 3, 1 through 3.